So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good pod. Lavelle, Rose up the middle, looking, cutting, shooting, go! The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool, and for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start, a controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. Also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Uh, Darren and I are recording on a Thursday morning. We are drinking coffee this morning. Darren, I have a croissant that is huge. It is the size of my head. I got it at Costco earlier this week. Luca is having his one year birthday party this weekend. So I had to go to Costco, make a run to get some stuff for that party. On that run, I saw some croissants and I had to pick some up. Um, and, they're, and they're huge. They're so big. They're way too big. But what else would you expect from Costco? I was going to say, man, that uh, for those that might be watching this video a little later, is that all for you? Like you're actually that's a meal for a day. I've seen you eat before. Marty and I used to joke back on the radio side that Jordan ate a little bit like a bird. He would just pick and pick and pick that that could last you a day or two if you play your cards right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Luca's going to help me finish this. I usually have to bring in the support staff, Luca. Hey, so by it works. The way out uh three punk ales to la vista i was there on wednesday afternoon recording the emo brown podcast with our buddy steve so it's great to be down there the place looks amazing as always there's all sorts of energy and life returning to california and certainly right there outside of three punk ale so had a great time got a little bit uh liquored up and told some crazy stories about i don't know doing all sorts of being with rock stars back in the day so whenever that podcast comes out i'm going to apologize in advance for whatever it was i disclosed <laughs> uh, hopefully the boss is not listening to that one just assume is that that it like oh yeah they're not gonna listen whatever the statute of limitations is probably expired on me in my uh, yesteryear activities from like 20 literally 20 something years ago 30 something years ago we're talking like late 80s early 90s stories so i think i'm in the clear i mean it just you know it was a different time there were things that that you know that went on that 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 were discussed but hey for the most part enjoy that it was it was down there in that bunker at three punk ales the place looks great that's the most important part thank you for the hospitality to both caesar and steve yeah very good stuff um and i'm sure you had a pint or two or three or four while you were down there uh you know uh yeah the pints but uh also the uh the, the whiskey hmm. yeah hmm. you guys got into whiskey good stuff all right um i think a lot of loyal supporters might need some whiskey after that start to the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so plenty to discuss on the pod. SD Loyal start to the year. Um, I actually have some good news. I think I think I can provide some good news uh, to a start that has three matches and no points to it. Um, we have that to discuss. We have the final weekend in the Premier League coming up. La Liga as well. Um, Champions League final coming up. Darren can make fun of Chelsea for losing in the FA Cup final if he wants. I don't know if we'll have time for it, but we also will hear from Tim Stoops, who has a Bundesliga report to give us today. So uh, plenty to discuss. It's a Thursday morning, morning as we mentioned. Let's start, uh, let's start locally. Let's start with SD Loyal. Here's how I see it, Darren. I think everyone has their opinion on this start, right? Why, why don't we have any points through three matches? What are the reasons? What is happening? Um, 
clearly it's an uncomfortable start for the club. I think that's a pretty good word for it. It's an uncomfortable start for the club. I don't think anyone uh, expected to have zero points through three matches to start. I think everyone did know that there is a system um, that they're going through. They're going through a process to start this year, but I think they were expecting to find some points along the way. So I think that's what makes it uncomfortable, right? Um, I think the only surprise so far is the fact that they haven't been picking up any points along the way. Um, defense, there's been some surprises. Um, easy to panic when you have no points through three, but 32 matches on the season. Um, I don't know. I guess my overall thought on the slow start for SD Loyal is clearly we have yet to see the best of SD Loyal this season. It's going to get better. This isn't the best we'll see them perform. Um, I promise you there will be highs this season. Um, I just don't think this is who they are as a club quite yet. We haven't quite seen what they want to be. Um, and maybe the process is going to take a little bit longer to get to that point than some had hoped. Um, and that's the big question. How long will it take? That's the timeline. I think that's the question LD and Nate Miller are probably asking themselves too. Yeah. I, I think you and I also can go back just the last season and, you know, the story of the 2020 inaugural season, there were many storylines. It was about the opening match. It was about having pro soccer in town. It was about a pandemic. It was getting used to uh, watching matches played behind closed doors, et cetera. But let's not forget in the middle of August, there also was a three-game losing streak, right? Where Loyal actually, if I'm not mistaken, had three straight losses and went winless in six matches and still figured out a way to turn that season around. And they were playing as well as anybody down the stretch. To me, Jordan, it's so much about perspective. You know, three-game losing streaks in any sport are terrible. And that's even in baseball where you play 162 times. But when a three-game losing streak comes from your first three matches of the year, it feels like it's 10 times worse because you start thinking, are we ever going to get a win? Are we ever going to get a point? You know, it's just because it, it's just been months now since we've seen this club win last, which would date back to last year. Like, that's I'm with you a thousand percent. And I also think not to make any excuses for performance, when you look at the three clubs that, that Loyal's lost to, combined those clubs have played nine times and have only lost combined once and that was phoenix rising playing at tampa bay rowdies this past weekend so i'm with you i do think it's going to get better it's just a question of hey we brought in players seven different players debuted for this club through the first three matches Corey herzog they brought you in here like let's go like let's let's see what you're all about and let's see what you're all about jack blake and let's see what alejandro guido like you know, like you were brought in here to shine. And now like this is a time where your club needs you to shine a little bit. And what a better time to get it going than away at Louisville, frankly, where nobody really in the league is going to expect much out of Loyal based on early season performance. So, you know, you've got that working for you here heading into this week. But I'm with you. I, like I keep thinking, gosh, it just it feels like forever because it, it does. It, it feels like a, it's been months, eight months since we've seen this club win. So, you know, it, it just. It's, it's the first three, but we went through this last year. They came through it. They coached their way through it. They stuck to what it was. You know, they mixed some things around, brought in some different players, et cetera. And I suspect Jordan is going to be the same thing this season. Yeah, um, I think part of it is the fact that we have an entire week to sit on these results. It's something that the NFL does and takes advantage of really well. They can build storylines throughout the week. You get your game on the weekend, talk about it for six days, and then you get another. It's not like baseball. It's not like a lot of us here in San Diego watching a Padres game. Um, they go on a three-game skid. They could snap that within the same week. SD Loyal go on a three-game skid. That means you haven't won in nearly a month. 
it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. So you play an NFL type schedule. It's 32 instead of 16. You're basically just playing two NFL schedules. You're playing two NFL seasons. You run it forward and you run it back. That's your schedule. And you get sometimes you get two games in a week, but that's not the most common thing. I know it happens, but the most common setup is you get one game a week, whatever the result is, you sit on it for a while. And if you go on a three game skid in USL championship, it feels like an eternity. Oh. Um, and I think that's, it feels like forever, right? Because it has been forever since SD Loyal have won a match. They haven't won a match this season. You got to go back all the way to last year. So um, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the uncomfortable feel that we're all feeling. I think fans feel it. I think players feel it. I think coaches feel it. I think executives feel it. I think it's just an uncomfortable start. I think if you bring up a really good point with the opponents that they've played. And again, it's not just an excuse. We're just stating facts here. Uh, you lose to Phoenix in their home opener and a season opener. Um, they're two wins and a loss. They lost to Tampa Bay, a team that 538 thinks will be right back in the USL championship game against Phoenix. Those are the best two teams um, that many people consider in USL. So how much do you want to take against that one? RGV, three wins, no losses. They're first place in the mountain right now. No one's even picked up a point against them. Uh, Tacoma, two wins and a draw. I don't think anyone had them top of the Pacific as it stands right now. Will that be the way that it goes the rest of the year? I don't think so. I'm pretty much, I expect Tacoma to drop off. There's plenty of time. This thing is going to change. It's very, very early. Um, I do think we have some good news. I think, I think we're one day closer to our first points of the season. I think that's good news. That's glass half full, isn't it? Um, 538, I mentioned them that they have Tampa Bay and Phoenix as the best two teams. They still have San Diego as a playoff team. They still have them finishing fourth in the Pacific. Um, it looks like that four spot is going to be a wild race the way that this has started because there are multiple teams that are going to be in a battle for it. Uh, but if you look at 538, they have Phoenix 97% of qualifying for the playoffs. Sacramento has an 87% chance to qualify. Orange County an 82%. So you kind of have three heavy favorites and then it's going to be a battle for that four spot, at least the way it's shaping up early. SD Loyal, 51% still, even with no points through three matches to qualify for the postseason. Tacoma, even with their brilliant start, only 34%. These numbers can change, and they don't mean a lot through three games. But um, there is still that feel that the season is young. Uh, we'll still see the best from SD Loyal. And you hope that it comes sooner rather than later. You can't dig yourself too big of a hole. You can't wait 15 games into the season to start finding things to click like it needs to start clicking um, there's no question about that but the teams that you've played the fact that it's been on the road I think you can find some good news in what has mostly been a very uncomfortable conversation for a few weeks so far yeah I'm with you a thousand percent and it would be great to be able to get a result this weekend at Loose City while admiring their fancy schmancy stadium that costs 70 million dollars and is considered to be the crown jewel of USL and then take that with you into your home opener against Las Vegas Lights two Saturdays from now. So, you know, we're just talking uh, what I mean, we're, we're right around the corner from the home opener as well. So you would love to see that um, again. And, and, you know, I'm with you. I, I think that it's interesting that some of these projection sites feel so good about SD Loyal. I think Loyal also made a ton of noise in the offseason going out there and signing a guy like a Corey Herzog and signing a guy like Jack Blake and bringing in Alejandro Guido, et cetera. Now, Loyal has, has uh, also, to its credit, but also maybe could be factored into this conversation, has uh, put a little bit of a target on itself, right? Like, like you know, saying, hey, like, we fancy ourselves not just as a playoff club, but we fancy ourselves as a championship caliber club. That gets around this league. 
you know, people go, oh, really? Okay. All right. Loyal. Okay. I mean, I certainly think Jordan, that was part of the story opening night against Phoenix. Absolutely. I feel that way. Now, RGV is sort of figuring itself out, give him credit. Uh, they're completely reinvented themselves. The Tacoma one to me is still the most disappointing, but again, if you look at it, you and I talked about it on the post-match show when we were, when we were capable of hearing ourselves from home and away, you know, they, they totally outperformed Tacoma everywhere except for, you know, in finishing, like their finishing was just not good enough. And given who they have on this team, I think that their finishing is going to be better. So they completely dominated Tacoma mentioned this on the post-match show. If you did or didn't see it, we'll repeat it. If you didn't see it, you're hearing it for the first time. They dominated them in every statistical category except for the scoreboard. That's it. You know, and I know that's the one that matters and that whole line about, well, stats are for losers and the winners look at the scoreboard. That's fair. But like they did, like you and I said, like that was, that was uh, an improvement uh, in every aspect of the game. Shots, shots on target. Loyal came into the match only having taken 10 shots. Total through its first two matches ended up with over 20. Don't have it right in front of me. So, like, there is a lot. Uh, it was disappointing. You'd like to figure a, a, a way to pull a result against a Tacoma side. But um, there was, there was you know, stuff to, to pull from that that I think translates this week against Louisville. So, whether they stick with that same formation, playing that 4-4-2 little diamond there in the mid, whether they go back to more of a 3-5-2, which is what we've seen from Landon and Nate Miller, now, I'm sure we'll talk about that upcoming this week as we'll be on uh, match day live pre and post again. But, you know, I, I do like I, I really, you know, I, and I, I felt encouraged by that yet disappointed at the same time because there was just nothing to show for it. Yeah. Uh, you didn't mention that we were at home and away for the match against Tacoma. Let's talk about that a little bit because it was our first opportunity to watch a match here in San Diego uh, with the locals and with Chavos. I thought it was a great, great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. We joked that we couldn't hear ourselves on the show. That's fine. Like we don't need to hear ourselves. <laughs> Quite frankly, do you guys don't even need to hear us on that post game show? Like, you know, like we just, it, it was a great environment. Um, I, it sounds like maybe it was too good of an environment for some <laughs> in the neighborhood. I don't know what I'm allowed or not allowed to say, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that some neighbors didn't like the fact that there was such a noisy bunch watching, uh, watching the match down the hill. So home and away, I thought was a good time. It's a good setup, plenty of space outside. We broadcasted inside, uh, inside the bar. So those in line had us right there on set. Um, but the supporters groups outside, I thought they did an amazing job. Um, drums throughout, um, songs throughout, even during moments, several times where you're giving up a goal, they continue to sing. Um, it wasn't something where you're just like, ah, oh, crap. And everything just stops and it's quiet. Like they kept singing right through it. Um, it was really fun. It was just so nice to have that moment. I know the, the game itself sucked. I get that. But having the family back together to watch that match, that was a big deal for me at home and away. Totally agree. And, you know, you and I, um, just regionally speaking, you know, we've, we've watched matches all over the world. But regionally, when we would go down to Tijuana, Estadio Caliente, and we would hear La Masacre, right? Like, the, you know, we would wake up oftentimes the next day if we went to a midweek match, Jordan and I would see each other at the radio station the next day and we would still have that in our heads, right? Like I could wake up and I could hear La Masacre, the great supporters group for Club Tijuana. I could hear that in my head when I woke up and that was the same experience last Friday. I woke up Friday morning and I was like, I can still hear these dudes in my head. Like it's ringing in. I woke up in the middle of the night hearing Chavos and locals drumming and singing 
And at one point, you know, I looked around and, you know, we had Warren Smith on radio. He said it was about 100 people. You know, I thought it was 67, you know, whatever. You know, it was a good. I looked around, Jordan, and I said the same thing. I was like, I am so encouraged that this club, which is a second year expansion USL club, has played exactly one fucking time in front of fans and still had that kind of support on a Thursday night as California is just reopening the state to have that kind of support. Like, I, I know that that, you know, it's still growing. It's still this little seedling in the ground and we're sprinkling it with water and we're hoping something pops up. But I was so encouraged just by the energy and uh, the emotional attachment from, from those who were there that night. Like I really was, you know, you and I have, have always drifted around and I go over to the Pena and hang out with the Barca guys. And we know what goes on down at princess and you're over there at Shakespeare's with the Chelsea guys and Bluefoot has been a terrific spot. But like it, it really felt like, wow, like all these different groups came together. It was the locals, it was Chavos. We saw uh, friends of ours, uh, DK, like, you know, just so many different elements. I was I was really I walked away just you know super optimistic about what this this summer is going to be like. Obviously, the results are going to help. It's going to bring in a more casual fan. Uh, that's going to be great. But just in terms of, of like our, our spinal cord of, of fandom here for uh, for SD Lug. I was I was just really super optimistic and like really really excited about what this summer is going to look like for us. Yeah, safe to say the supporters stole the show Thursday yeah. night at home in a way because it wasn't the performance that we watched on the te on television. It wasn't the result that stole the show. It was the supporters. It was the group that showed up. Uh, I thought it was a really really good showing, um, and it's cool to see both supporters groups together. It sounds like they're going to be together again this weekend, and it sounds like we're just going to go ahead and crash their party. I don't know if they realize this. Um, but Match Day Live, once again, is showing up to your party. <laughs> um, where are we going to be this weekend, Darren? Uh, we are going to be in National City, Jordan, at a place that I had never been before uh, called uh, Machete, M-A-C-H-E-T-E. And we were, um, how can I put this? There was a discussion about where we were going to be broadcasting Match Day Live, our pregame and our postgame show on SD Loyal's YouTube channel. There was a discussion and one of the, the gravitational pull towards Machete was, well, where are the supporters going to be? Like, don't we want that energy? Don't we want to, to put that out there and capture that and create it and put it on YouTube? Even if it comes at the expense of, of my earbuds and Jordan's eardrums uh, and, and our ability to communicate through microphones. But um, yeah. All like overrated. That, totally. Like, you know, the hearing is completely overrated. But we want to feed off that energy again. We just want to be around it. So, uh, you know, that is our plan. A knock on wood here on a Thursday morning. We uh, we are expecting to do match day live from uh, from Machete in National City. So we'll see you all down there, hopefully. Uh, if not, we'll update you on social media. Right. And um, I mean, where else are you going to want to be after San Diego pulls the upset in Louisville this weekend? You want to slam some beers with the supporters groups right there on the post-match show on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we're going to be. Uh, Machete in National City. Yeah, speaking of Machete in National City, so follow follow along. We'll be doing all sorts of stuff from there. By the way, speaking of Loose City, um, and I'm sure many people, you know, who, who really, really have just dived into the USL realize this. You know, they had uh, a manager named uh, John Hackworth. If that name sounds familiar to you, it should. If you're a U.S. soccer fan, it should. I mean, he's he's coached at almost every level. He's coached uh, under-17s in the under-17 World Cup. He's been an assistant for Bruce Arena, for Bob Bradley. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann had him involved. He was the manager for Lou City and has been for quite a period of time. 
managed them their opening game back on April 24th against Atlanta United in, you know, their stadium with fans in the stands and, and then uh, is no longer with the club. It's a little bit of a mystery. The reason I bring this up is, you know, now they've, they've played one match since against Birmingham. It was a one, one draw on May 8th. So they have to get used to a new manager, but also John Hackworth, for those that follow SD loyal, that's Morgan Hackworth's dad. So I don't know what that means for this match this weekend. I don't know if they get John Hackworth on a, uh, a Zoom and and you know have him tell us all the secrets about what's going on with Blue City. But I mean, at this point, you're no longer employed by the club. I would think that your son and your son's club becomes your priority, right? Like, let's get a little bit of intel here out of John Hackworth. I would imagine so. I would imagine Landon and Nate have been texting Morgan Hackworth all week, right? Like as soon as they started breaking down film, it's like, well, what's this? What, what about this? What about this player? How about this? Do you know about this? And Morgan may not have any answers. He may not have any answers to any of these. Um, but I would imagine that Landon and Nate are at least asking those questions. You know, like he's probably like, why are these coaches texting me so much? Like I haven't even played a minute this year. All of a sudden the coaches are texting me nonstop. What's going on here? Um, yeah, you know they're probably asking about the new stadium, probably asking about the team itself. Uh, what the what the weaknesses are, what the strengths are of the team. I don't know how much he could tell us about the new stadium. I don't know if he's even seen the new stadium, but I'm sure he's received 100 plus text messages from the coaching staff this week. Well, the dad has. I mean, if I'm them, I would go as far as to say, hey, uh, Mr. Hackworth, what are you doing this week? How'd you like to come out to San Diego for a couple of days? We've got great weather. We got great food. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> John Hackworth, you won an all-expenses trip to San Diego. We'll put you up at the Hotel Dell. And, hey, why don't you come down to Chula Vista? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Lucid. Like, I would be pulling out all the stops, man. I'd do everything I could to get a little bit of intel on Lucid City this week. Yeah, I'm curious what happened there. Like you said, it's a little bit of a mystery. Um, the last time I did any kind of digging on it, and by digging, I mean just like Googling some stuff, trying to figure out why he left, because he, he was a successful coach with them. Like, that's a good club. Um, the only thing you could find is he was quoted. He was quoted in the local paper being asked about like, why are you no longer the head coach? And he said something about signing an NDA and he's, he's not yeah. going to talk about it. So that's all I got. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's some mystery there. And I'm, I wonder how much mystery there is for SD loyal as they prepare for this club, how much insight can they get? Um, so yeah, it yeah, should be fun. I, would, I hope they can pull or, off the win. I'd get a cardboard cutout of John Hackworth and I just put that at my train site and just post that on social media just to start playing some mental games with Blue City this week. Does Morgan play this weekend? Um, hey, I think if SD Loyal, this is an interesting point. I think if Loyal ends up with a lead, I would absolutely put Morgan out there on that field, you know, and have him just run around a bunch in circles and do all sorts of stuff and do some Morgan Hackworth type thing, like get out there and and make his 2021 <laughs> debut and just have a Hackworth on the field at the end of that one if you're in a position to close it out. Morgan, we need you to run around in circles for about 20 minutes. Are you our man? Can you get this mission accomplished? He runs yes. a lot. We remember that from last year against Phoenix. That dude runs. He is high energy all the time. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe we see him this weekend. Maybe we do. I don't know. I don't know if, what, if they're going to make changes to the starting 11, if they're just going to keep throwing out the same 11 and just trying to work out this system, get through the kinks. Is that what they're going to do? We'll find out. It's not going to be easy. Um, I, there's a chance they're opening up their uh, their season, their, their home opener. They're going to 
there's a chance they'll have zero points. We'll see. Maybe they're coming home with three. Maybe they get a point on the road against Lou City. We shall see. Uh, we have a Bundesliga report to get to, Darren. Also, uh, very exciting stuff in Europe this weekend. Uh, Champions League spots still up for grabs. We already know who's going to win the league in England. Um, the Champions League final is still coming up. So there's still a lot going on. La Liga's champion is still to be decided. Um, but in England for you, Darren, what to watch for this weekend? One match to go. This is it. We had a few midweek matches and they have definitely set the stage. Um, Chelsea got good news this week by beating Leicester. So they're in position for a Champions League spot, but they still need to get a result this weekend. Um, Liverpool in position to get a Champions League spot. Leicester on the outside looking in, but they could still do it. They play Tottenham this weekend. Tottenham have had a brutal week. Um, they may not even be in Europa at this point. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But England should be a lot of fun. And as much fun as England's going to be, I think Spain's going to be even more fun because you have something that we don't have in England. And that's a mystery around who the champion will be. Yeah, for sure. Top four pretty much settled here. But uh, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid are separated by two points. Atleti still on top. Uh, Luis Suarez saved them in the 88th minute this past weekend. What a weekend between what happened with Allison at Liverpool and then Suarez saving Atletico Madrid. It comes down to, um, to Atletico sitting on 83 points at Valladolid. Valladolid is in the drop zone. They are fighting. If they win, they, they pull themselves out of relegation. So always a factor there, and it is a way. Real Madrid will be at home against Villarreal. Villarreal, keep in mind, also has a Europa League final that it is preparing for sitting seventh on the table. They're at 81. So you know the way this goes. Uh, if both teams draw, then uh, Atleti wins. If Atleti draws and Real Madrid wins, based on head-to-head, -head, Real Madrid will be the champion of La Liga. Uh, Barca has been knocked out. They are, are playing a meaningless match at Abar. Perhaps Messi's final time. Perhaps Ronald Coleman's final time. Perhaps Gerard Piquet's final time with Barca. Who knows? It's expected to see some significant turnover, but it's it's, uh, you know, Real Madrid wins and Atleti loses, then Real Madrid is the champ. Atleti draws away at Valladolid and Real Madrid wins. Real Madrid's the champ. So I tend to favor Atletico uh, against the 17th, uh, against the club sitting there 17th. But it's, uh, it's, it's the Liga. It's, it's craziness. So uh, Barca also could finish fourth in this. If, Real, if Sevilla wins against Alaves and Barca somehow drops points at Abar, which has already been relegated, then Barca would finish fourth, which would be one of its worst finishes in, in who knows how long. But you know, I want to I ask you a question. Mm. Because uh, I watched the FA Cup final. I know that's tremendously disappointing. Mm. But, you know, the, the question of, of you know, whether... Uh, and by the way, I uh, just want to promote also our, our last gathering at Serrano's this Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. If people want to pop out there, if they've heard us talking about it, if you're a Barca fan or if you just want to chill with us, Saturday morning, we are getting together for the final time. So uh, they are going to be open. But, you know, don't you think everybody's sort of getting what they want in, in England here? Like, if I'm a Leicester supporter, like, I've got no regrets whatsoever putting everything into the FA Cup final, winning that for the first time, seeing those images even from Arlo White. Like, that is an amazing memory and moment for Leicester City, even if it took so much out of them that maybe it's going to cost them a top four spot in England. Now, I think that Chelsea has a different standard. I think you would rather finish top four than win the FA Cup if given those two choices. But for Leicester, like, don't you think that that's like, I know it's disappointing and they might 
lose out on a top four spot for the second consecutive season, but they've got the FA cup in their pocket. Like that's a great season for them. Don't you think? Uh, absolutely. It's a memorable season for them. It's images that will they'll look at forever. Uh, we'll see those videos forever. It's a huge moment in their club. It's not the biggest moment they've had in the last decade, sure. uh, but it is still a massive, massive moment for them. Um, did I, I don't I I don't know if it's taken enough out of them where it's going to cost them a top four spot. If that's the reasoning why I think they're just in a battle with really, really good clubs in the top four. Um, they did go all in on that tournament. There's no question about that. And it paid off for them. You know, like that's what you want. Like that is kind of a lot of clubs would sign up for that. Um, so, yeah, good on them. Ch- Chelsea now. I mean, it, it could go really, really sour for Chelsea because you could go in a stretch and hopefully this doesn't happen. But I'm sure more people are rooting for this to happen than not lose an FA Cup final, uh, miss out on top four potentially this weekend based on results and then losing a Champions League final against Manchester City. That would be a rough stretch. Now they've been successful to put themselves even in a position to go through that kind of stretch, but I hope that doesn't happen. That's that's what I'm worried about, uh, but who knows? It, it might be all Champions League. It might be a top four finish and a trophy in that tournament, but it could oh. be a fifth place finish and a loss to City too. So a lot on the table still for Chelsea. Let me uh, let me ask you this. So Chelsea is uh, sitting in a pretty good position here. You're away at Aston Villa, so a London derby. How are you feeling about that? I just watched them beat Spurs. And what does that mean? <laughs> it means at Tottenham too. Um, it means Chelsea better not just show up and go through the motions this weekend. That's what it means. Okay, uh, Liverpool is uh, at Anfield and against Palace in Roy Hodgson's final match as manager of Palace before they yes. welcome Lampard. Yeah, the, the future of Frank Lampard's, that's the club I'm rooting for this weekend. Um, I know you and Nate Abarea are not going to be speaking this weekend. A lot on the line between you two. Darren is wearing his Crystal Palace jacket today on the podcast. I am rooting for the future Frank Lampards. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Benteke probably out. and They're dealing with all sorts of injuries. I, I, don't, I don't want to hear it. Uh, Leicester, uh, home for home against Spurs. I mean, no uh, Harry Kane now, he doesn't want to be there. And they've had a rotten week. And I don't know. I've got no faith in Spurs either. So I'm, I'm going to guess it pretty much remains status quo. And it's going to be Chelsea and Liverpool. Well, see, here's what can happen, though. Because it... It looks like all three of those clubs should win this weekend. It takes one late goal from Villa, from Tottenham, from whoever it is. It takes one late goal. One point in the draw instead of a win is going to cost you a Champions League spot. Like one, and we see it. We see it with SD Loyal. You have five-minute stretches where you kind of just go a little brainless, and a goal happens. That tends to happen in this sport, and I don't want it to happen to Chelsea this weekend. Um, so that's what's happening in Spain. That's what's happening in England. Uh, a little bit on Champions League and the FA Cup for Germany. We yeah. have a Bundesliga report. Do we Let's not have go... time at the Women's Champions League final? No, that's after this Bundesliga report. Okay. I don't want to bury Stoops too deep into this podcast. We got to get an update from Germany. For that, we go to Missoula, Montana. Here he is, Tim Stoops. Darren Jordan Wielendonk, here is your Bundesliga report. Question eins, is Bayern still in first? Yes, Bayern is still in first. When you clinch, you kind of can't lose first place standing. They are the Bundesliga champions yet again, nine seasons in a row. 
Questions 5. What did American Dream Gio Reyna do for Borussia Dortmund? Gio Reyna started and he didn't do very much. It's been a very up and down season for him. Lots of these down performances where he's out there, but you really wouldn't know it unless you saw him. Question dry. What did other Americans do in the Bundesliga? Matthew Hoppe had a goal and an assist in a surprise Schalke win over Eintracht Frankfurt, a win which helped guarantee that Dortmund would make Champions League with their win last Sunday. Thanks, Hoppy. You made me happy. And in your Toyeker Kanan tracker, Robert Lewandowski has tied the single-season Bundesliga scoring record with 40 goals. That matches Gerd Müller, and he's got one match left to try and break that record. That's all for this week. Auf Wiedersehen! Tim Stoops, everybody, from Missoula, Montana, our Bundesliga expert. Yep, the uh, the U.S. capital of Bundesliga energy is Missoula, Montana. Little known fact, in case you were wondering about that. Yeah, look it up on Wikipedia, everybody. Look it up. All right, let's talk about the Champions League final. Darren and I were excited for this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting like, is this even going to be on television? It should be on TV. Uh, one of us said like, oh, it's got to be on TV. And <laughs> I just remember the conversation like, I don't think we should assume that. It wasn't. Like, we had to stream that which is just ridiculous. Um, so, but that's what it was. Found it, streamed it. And by the time you kind of get the stream going, um, Barcelona are already up by like 19 goals and it's over. <laughs> um, but Barcelona and Chelsea playing in a Champions League final. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate it was on television. Next year, I would really hope it's on TV. That's the progress you're hoping to make at least there. Um, so, but man, congrats to you, Barcelona yeah. Champions League great. winners. And dude, you are so right. By the time I found an illegal stream on Reddit, I was already four <laughs> nil. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. And then it just remained that way for the remainder of the match. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good quality football too. Like it was good, you know, and I know it's, it's hard to say that in a four nil, but just in terms of the, uh, the overall quality of it, the, uh, caliber of the goals. I, I thought it was solid. Barca, uh, first time a Spanish club has won the Champions League final. Uh, they become the first club for what it's worth to have won a men's uh, Champions League final. That was on the line this weekend. Either Chelsea or Barca was going to become the first club to win both the men's and the women's Champions League final. So either one of us would have made history in that. Uh, yeah, I'd like more. I'd like for this not to be hidden behind some paywall either in the future and for us to be able to watch it, um, you know, cause again, like the women's game is growing exponentially and you know, we talk about it, even what it might mean around these parts. So, you know, I'm all about that. The NWSL season underway, like I, I give me, give me a little bit more. Don't just hide that sort of stuff. I mean, it seems to be uh, drawing a lot of fans on television when they show it on CBS sports. So a bit of a bummer, but I'm really happy for the club and really happy to, to learn more about it. Admittedly, it's not something that I've paid a ton of attention to in my life, but I thought the women played great uh, and they represented the club really well uh, and they were just fantastic. So uh, salute to them and to the champions as well. Yeah. And it's something that I, as someone who broadcasts San Diego state women's soccer, um, this is something that I talk about with the players. You can talk about the women's league because they talk about what clubs they watch because they're watching, they're supporting, uh, they're finding illegal streams on Reddit. They're tracking this stuff down. Hopefully it's going to be all of us just watching on television um, soon 
And so this is a topic that I know I'll be bringing up to before the season kicks off in the fall. They had a later season than normal because of everything with COVID, but their fall season is going to be here before you know. It. And like, this is definitely going to be a topic on our broadcast. Like, did you watch the Champions League final? What about this club? What about that club? And they always put out stuff talking about their favorite clubs, their favorite players. Um, so it's good. I'm glad we were able to track it down. I wasn't happy with the result. I'm not going to lie. I thought Chelsea were going to win. I thought they were considered the favorites. Uh, they won the league. They had the player of the year. They're very, very talented. Um, they crushed Bayern Munich in the semis in the second leg. And when I saw that it was Barcelona in the final, I knew it was going to be a lot of fun for the podcast. Disappointing result. Hopefully the uh, the men's side can can get a win in the Champions League final next week. Yeah. Hey, you don't want to make a habit out of losing cup finals here from the yeah. FA to the Women's Champions League to the Champions League on the men's side as well. You don't want to turn that into a habit. of We were this close to winning multiple Cops, yeah, I can't yeah. wait. If that happens, everyone will be ready with their like, oh, is time running out on Tuchel? Is it time to fire Tuchel? Has his time expired? <sighs> Anything <laughs> else we need to get to, Darren? Yeah, maybe uh, Roman Abramovich should put a bunch of supporters on a plane and fly them over to Portugal the way that Man City's ownership is. Just saying. Is that what they're doing? I think so. How many fans are allowed at that game? I think it's like 4,000 each, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's Wembley. I might have that confused with Wembley Stadium, but it's not full capacity. Yeah. We're going to watch the final. It's an important day for us on May 29th. Do you think Torero Stadium would show it on the scoreboard? Because <laughs> it's the same day as, a, as our home opener. Like, can we yeah. just show up, bring a cooler, a beer, potentially a bottle of champagne or two, just watch it from the field at Torero, and then just roll right it. into our pregame show? Like some beach chairs, just sit there in the middle of the field and watch it. I yeah, it's just lounge. They put other TV things up there before, so they can do it. They, yeah, they put up a Padre playoff game against the Cardinals last year on that video board. That's right. That's, yeah, that's what we're going for. If anyone from the club is listening, we're expecting next Saturday, the home opener, we want a beach set up. We're bringing flip-flops, board shorts. We're watching the Champions League final during the day with a cooler of beer. And then we're rolling. Well, we'll just start the pregame show right after Champions League final ends. It'll be like a Champions League post-match show slash loyal pregame show. And mostly us just drinking on the field for a couple hours. And then by the time the actual pregame show starts, we're toasted. Sounds good to me. I okay. know it here. Perfect. Hopefully someone heard that. Um, anything else we need to promote on the way out other than unnamedsoccerpod.com, the website. Check it out, unnamedsoccerpod.com. Darren made a reference to the Massacre and hearing those songs. Uh, in his head the next morning after going to a Club Tijuana match a little bit earlier in the podcast, our homepage features one of those videos. You can hear that song um, if you're curious curious what that sounds like. UnnamedSoccerPod.com. All right. Machete Beer House. I'm looking at it online. 2325 Highland Avenue in National City. We will see you there. What time is kick? 4 or 4.30? I think I it's 4. It. So this is the beauty of it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 4. At least that's what I wrote on my calendar, but I may have written down for or written down for for the showtime for match day live. The nice thing about playing on the East Coast when we get back home after this, Darren, um, there's several games that are interesting to me. I think Phoenix are playing that night. I think Sacramento playing that night. Uh, there's another team in the Pacific playing later that night after seven o'clock. So there's going to be like three matches that we'll be able to watch following San Diego's with our little bit of an early start. Are you looking it up? Is it four? It is, uh, we are on the air at four. It's a 4.30 kick. Got it. So that's why I wrote down four, because we're on the air. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So 4.30, 6.30, we got kickoff at seven and 7.30 later on in the Pacific too. So that's good. It's a good Saturday. It's a very good Saturday. I'm looking forward to it.
Let's get through this. All right, week. brother. Pick up some points. Let's do it. I will chat with you soon. See you Saturday. Peace.